everybody welcome back to another batman news weekly this is episode 222 in year five and we are still continuing the solo series of the podcast and we have a lot of news to talk about because man dceu oh my god i said it i said it oh my god well technically technically dceu is still a thing until aquaman comes out in about a week and a half or whenever the big i feel like they keep removing the release date um or moving not removing uh you know whenever that comes out so the dceu is still technically alive but there's a lot of news coming out of the dcu which is run by james gunn obviously and uh we're gonna talk about that there's also some stuff going on with dc movies going to a free website that everybody will be able to watch which i think is pretty cool and then uh, Zack snyder is just never gonna he's never gonna let the snyderverse die because uh people don't let it die you know, I'm, I'm curious about this uh, interview that happened with Zack Snyder uh, that we'll be talking about a little bit later. But let's go ahead and jump into just the first bit of news uh, that I have highlighted here. And that is DC movies are going to the streaming service Tubi. Now, if you don't know what Tubi is, it is a free app. I don't know. I mean, actually, I think you can go to Tubi's website and watch movies straight from the browser as well. But I know about Tubi because a friend of mine uh, released a, uh, you know, horror, not horror, crime, uh, uh, oh my god, what is it called? Like, true crime, there you go, I was going to say cold case, true crime documentary called The Dolly Madison Murders, and it is free on Tubi, so you can actually go watch it there, it is where I watched it, so um, yeah, now... The site that is Tubi is going to have DC movies, and this is going to be like future releases as well. I have not personally checked if the movies are currently on Tubi, um, but this was like the big, some of the big news that came out this week. So people that don't, you know, that can't afford Netflix, that can't afford HBO Max or any, or even be able to afford to go to the movies, will still be able to enjoy DC movies now because of Tubi. So I think this is pretty cool. You know, I always prefer that there is an outlet for people to be able to get access to the stuff, even if it's not right away, right? Like, yes, I think if you pay, uh, obviously, we got to keep these industries alive. So, of course, we want to have movie theaters. Of course, we want to have, like, you know, streaming services that are paying to get this kind of stuff. But I think eventually, especially if it's the older movies, I think give them to people that, you know, are less fortunate or don't have the money to be able to spend on a Netflix or whatever, because let's be real, these streaming services are getting ridiculously priced now and everybody's got to pay for like multiple different ones to get certain uh stuff so it's nice when there are websites like tubi i do believe a lot of it is based off of ads i have not checked um i'm trying to think if my friend's video had ads it probably did uh i just don't remember but because i watched it earlier this year but yeah either way DC movies, and this from the the article and everything I read, I believe it said that DC movies, it's all like past and present uh, and future releases, I believe. I don't think they said when they'll come out. I'm, I'm assuming everything would still go to HBO Max first, but I don't know. Either way, uh, that is something you can be looking forward to if you are somebody that is subscribed to Tubi or has Tubi, I should say, because I, mean, I don't know if they have a subscription model. Maybe they do. I feel like everything that has ads has an option to where you don't have to have it. But either way, free DC movies coming to Tubi. So I think that is really awesome. Uh, so more people will be up. I mean, let's be real. DC needs to build up its fan base some more to get people to the theaters. Because right now, it is uh, not going well. 
Um, but moving on to uh, just the other, before I move on to the big news, because I feel like everything else kind of clumps together when it comes to a lot of the DC DCU news, is uh, let's knock out this video game news, which is Kill the Justice League, which is the Suicide Squad game, uh, Suicide Squad uh, Kill the Justice League, sorry, is uh, not going to have an offline story, y'all. This was really weird to me because, first of all, this is the same company that made Batman, uh, you know, the Arkham series, you know, Arkham Origins, or not, technically, not Arkham Origins. Uh, it made, you know, Arkham Knight, it made, um, oh my god, it made Arkham Asylum, and I'm forgetting the middle one. Because Arkham Knight was the end, Arkham uh, Asylum was the first one. I'm forgetting the middle game. Either way, uh, Rocksteady Games is the one making Kill, uh, you know, Kill the Justice League. And I thought this was going to be a story-based game that you could play co-op. You know what I mean? You could go into co-op mode and play with your friends and do all that kind of stuff. Turns out, it is going to be a game you need online for. So I think that's really weird because now you're going to be... I don't... Can I... There's got to be an option for me not to have to play with friends, right? There's got to be a way to do that. There's no way the game could not have that. That would be ridiculous because then you're just alienating a lot of people that don't want to play with other people. But um, I just think it's really weird that there's not going to be an offline story. I think it's such a, a bad way to approach things. Now, the the gaming studio has said there will be that feature in the future, but I think it's just so bad. So, like... Can can you just not play it on launch if you don't have internet? Because I think that's such a bad business practice, in my opinion. But maybe since everybody has kind of moved to online games like Fortnite and all that stuff, maybe they kind of account for that. I don't really know. Um, I just think that's really stupid when you are a company that has produced arguably some of the best story-based games and then you are going to move to this, like, oh, we got to do the online crap, which is, it makes sense. They have a battle pass. They're doing cosmetics, stuff like that. Uh, so, I mean, we should have maybe expected that. I just didn't know that. I just didn't think that it was going to be that terminally, terminally online where uh, it was just going to be no offline mode at all. I thought that would at least be an option. Uh, but, you know, I am completely, I stand here corrected because... Yeah, I was, uh, I thought that's really stupid. That's all, that's all I can really say. And here's the thing. Here's the thing, Rocksteady, if you're listening to this podcast somehow. Um, the last trailer that came out that showed Nightmare Batman and stuff like that, I was pretty hyped. I was like, yo, I might buy this on launch day. I might buy this early because it has that Harley Quinn skin that I can get, which, this really pisses me off. Again, Rocksteady, if you're listening, Dude, I, I want y'all to go look at, I was gonna, I, dude, I told, I was totally on board. Sorry, I'm like fucking mincing all my words right now. I was going to buy that game early, because it, it, it's gonna let you play three days early, and I was like, oh, that'd be a good stream thing to do. Maybe I could play the game, like, you know, a few days early for stream, that might be kind of cool. But, then I actually looked at the Harley Quinn skin, because the Harley Quinn skin, you can win me over with classic Harley. I love that outfit. But then I saw it, and if you look around her waistline, the costume has a belt buckle. And for whatever reason, these idiots, because again, like, 
there's no reason to have this. I think they put it there so you could make sense of how stuff attaches to her body. But there is a noticeable belt buckle, and I think they might have inverted the colors too, or it's just solid red, and it crosses over into the black. It looks fucking stupid. It looks so bad. And I'm like, how can you even put that in the like game? Like, This is such a classic costume, and they added something that didn't need to be there. Here's the workaround. If you were so worried about having a belt buckle there, now I know a lot of people are probably going to say like, oh, it's a, you know, it's a skin, like they have to keep certain aspects of the characters for the thing to work or whatever. Dude, Apex Legends and all, Fortnite and all these other games 100% change skins to look like the characters and way better. There's no excuse for this. Like there's no excuse for this stupid little weird looking belt buckle to be on Harley Quinn. And you want to know the workaround for this? Is you just put a belt like an actual like gun holster over the original Harley Quinn skin. Because if you were to make that belt loop or belt, uh, you know, freaking holster black and red, it goes with the ensemble. And there you go. You don't need to put this stupid looking belt buckle. And uh, just seeing that genuinely, I was like, nah, nah, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna buy it early. <laughs> just, it pissed me off so much because that is like my favorite costume. And they added the stupidest thing to it. And, uh, yeah, and then now there's no offline mode. I I think I have to wait for the reviews of this game to buy it. Um, I did that with Gotham Knights because Gotham Knights wasn't looking too great. And I didn't want to pre-order that. And although I have a lot more faith in, you know, Rocksteady, I am uh, still going to wait. I'm, I think I'm going to wait for the reviews to come out. The reviews will still most likely be out a week or two before the game. So if I still want to pre-order it, like if this thing knocks out of the park and it's like, you know, an 8 out of 10, 9 out of 10, I might be like, okay, that those ratings warrant me buying this game early. But if we're talking about like 6 or 7, ooh, I don't know, man. 6 is bad. Like if you're getting down to the 5 or 6 area too, like that's just a mediocre game. So uh, we'll see what happens. Uh, but I think that game is constantly taking L's. But I will say the last trailer made me really interested and then uh, this offline stuff, I'm just like, no. I don't know. They win me, then they lose me, then they win me, then they lose me. That's just kind of how it's been going. But we'll have to see. I'm waiting for the reviews at this point. Moving on to the next bit of stuff we have to talk about. This is all DCU related. And man, this all came out over the last week since the last podcast. So uh, I, I don't know why I felt like we talked about this. I think it's just, you know, my brain is trying to piece together a bunch of things. But Nicholas Holt has been confirmed as Lex Luthor. This was a rumor we definitely talked about on the podcast before, but it is confirmed that he is going to be playing Lex Luthor. And this actually comes from James Gunn's himself uh, with saying, I think this was on threads. He says, yes, I can finally answer. Nicholas Holt is Lex Luthor in Superman Legacy, and I couldn't be happier. We went out to dinner last night to celebrate and discuss how we can create a Lex that will be different from anything you've seen before and will never forget. But James, we heard this weeks ago. Why didn't you tell us it was true? Because, although we are discussing it, it wasn't final until a couple of days ago. I don't want to tell you something that isn't certain. So, that is going to be kind of the theme for today. Because there is going to be a few other things we're going to be talking about. Um, that James Gunn is sitting here reiterating, if you don't hear it from him... It's not fucking true, at least not yet. So uh, I like that he has come out and said that. 
because uh, first off, first before I move on, Nicholas Holt, I think, will be interesting. I can't say that I've seen him in too many movies to where I'm like, oh, he has the range to do it. I believe uh, he didn't say it in that particular thing, but I believe it's been confirmed that he is going to be bald Lex. So it's not like he's going to uh, have hair or anything like that, which I think Lex should always be bald. I think he just works better that way. But with Nicholas Holt missing out on so many superhero, uh, you know, roles, I think he's got a lot of anger pent up. So I think he'll be he'll be a good villain, you know. And uh, I'm curious to see where uh, they're gonna go with the character. I wonder if Lex is going to be one of those characters that we see throughout the DCU. You would think James Gunn, being the nerd that he is, we're probably gonna get the Legion of Doom at some point. So. Um, yeah, I don't know. I think uh, Nicholas Holt, we might see him way more than just in Superman. And I think that's going to be kind of cool. But moving on for that, uh, moving on from that, uh, you know, I'm, I'm recording this early in the morning. So apologize with me uh, fluffing all over myself. Um, Kurt Russell. I don't know if you guys heard this. Everybody thinks that Kurt Russell was going to automatically be Jor-El in the DCU because he's worked with James Gunn before. He looks like him, depending on what stories you've read. And, uh, yeah, James Gunn said, no, that is not uh, not being considered right now. That is not the plan. And he said that if I, uh, let me bring it up real quick to make sure I get his correct words. James Gunn says that the rumor mill has been insane and profoundly misinformed lately. He also says Kurt Russell as Jor-El was never discussed. Don't trust anything that doesn't come from me. So there you go. Reiterating that stop believing all these damn rumors. So it doesn't matter what scooper you're following that has a great track record or that you think hits more than misses. If it doesn't come from James Gunn, it's not true. So we've been talking about that on the podcast a bunch of times. I'm glad he still kind of comes out and corrects some of these stuff. But if we're being fair or if we're being factual, I guess... Uh, James Gunn also a while back did say that he's not going to respond to every rumor he hears now because, well, it kind of gives stuff away and people piece things together and yada yada. So, you know, it's nice that he is uh, still responding to some to clear up some things, but it doesn't mean it's going to keep people from out here, you know, trying to just throw out bullshit stuff to get views and whatnot. Let's be real. Uh, Elon Musk with the whole Twitter being able to make money and stuff now, which is good for shit posters out there that do bring in a lot of views and stuff like that. Everybody is just trying to throw stuff out there to get views and uh, because they want to make money. I mean, play the system, right? And so that's why you're probably seeing a lot of bullshit, you know, you know, scoops and rolls and oh, yeah, this person got cast for this and yada, yada. What also doesn't help is a lot of scoopers also like to troll and so people, there's a lot of people out there that don't understand what trolling is or, you know, I don't know. I think, I think some of these scoopers should have their own personal accounts and then their scooper account because the scooping account should never have any jokes on it. It shouldn't have a personality on it. It should just be straight scoops. And if you want to like joke around and stuff like that, do that on a different profile. But I do think when it comes to some scoopers, there's a little bit of uh, maybe ego there. They want to be the main guy, the guy that talks, and they want their personality to shine through their profile. When I think it comes to, you know, I'm doing quotations here, journalism, um, you don't need 
personality too much in journalism. You just need facts, especially with today. I think everybody's trying to be the personality. It's like, yo, we need more facts than personalities nowadays. We got too many of those. So, uh, yeah, I don't know. But I think uh, it's unfortunate because I, I have seen some scoopers throw out just random stuff to joke around. And I think some people start running with it, and it's just causing mass confusion. And I, I wish that would stop, but you guys know me. I'm very anti-scooper nowadays. Uh, so, yeah, uh, if it doesn't come from James Gunn, don't believe it. Now, this one I have not seen come from James Gunn, but a lot of people are reporting on it, and it is that James Gunn's brother, Sean Gunn, uh, has been cast as Maxwell Lord. And this was the first casting that everybody was like, huh? Because a lot of people don't think it's a good casting. And the weird thing is, is this would be Sean Gunn's third casting in the DCU. Now, technically, it would be the DCEU that he's been cast in because... In Suicide Squad, he did play Calendar Man, and he also played Weasel. And now, granted, Weasel, you're not seeing, um, you're not seeing Sean Gunn. He's just doing the mocap stuff for it. And Calendar Man was just really a cameo. And so, I feel like Maxwell Lord is going to be Sean Gunn's only character that he plays, unless they bring back Weasel. Uh, which, actually, they are bringing back Weasel, technically... In um, Creature Commandos, if I'm not mistaken. So maybe he'll just do the mocap stuff for, like, for that. I don't think Weasel talks. So it's going to be kind of like a maybe like a Groot situation where Sean Gunn is just doing the, like, I don't know, the grunts and, you know, growls. But I think his actual character is going to be Maxwell Lord, if this is true. Again, I haven't seen this from James Gunn. So there's no, um, you know, there's no confirmation of this officially. But it didn't keep Zachary Levi from talking about it because somebody asked Zachary Levi like what how he felt about Sean Gunn getting cast as Maxwell Lord. And I'm not going to lie, the headlines kind of did uh, Levi dirty here because it made it seem like an asshole with the way they like... If you just read it plainly, it's like... It says like, yeah, well, you know, I guess when you're the brother of James Gunn or the head of DC, you can get whatever role you want. Something along those lines. If you watch the full context of the video, he's being asked by somebody, like, what do you think about, you know, Sean Gunn being Maxwell Lord? And he's like, oh, he was like, is that is that confirmed? Like, I don't know if that's confirmed. Um, and he was like, yeah, this is like his third role or whatever, because he's already been Calendar Man and Weasel. And, you know, uh, Levi was saying, he was like, well, those aren't really technically, those are more like cameo-based things. I don't think those are officially, like, big roles for him. Um... And then he kind of just threw out the line of like, I guess when you are the brother, yada, yada. I, if I'm not mistaken, I believe uh, Levi has said that uh, he is friends with James Gunn. So it is very possible that he's just like, you know, relationships when it comes to friends are very different. Like he's saying that probably means nothing to Sean Gunn and James Gunn if, they're, if they are pals. You know what I mean? And, like, that's just a nice little jab. But, of course, the internet's like, oh, man, look at him, he's so salty. And I will be the first to admit that when I read the text, I posted in the Discord. I was like, damn, Levi's salty. But after I saw the actual video, I went back and deleted that from Discord. And I was like, oh, I guess I got duped. And uh, that's why it's always important to try to find sources, kids. Uh, but, yeah, so 
I don't know. I mean, I guess some people could still take it as like he's being salty, but his tone didn't really give that off um, when he said it that way. So, and there's also like this big, granted, you know, there might be some merit to, you know, not liking Zachary, but uh, there's a lot of people online that do look for anything to hate on him. And uh, I think there are justifications for things. I don't like the way he talks about the movie sometimes. Uh, and I, I don't know. I think he could have had a better attitude when Shazam was coming out. But yeah, I mean, that's just a whole different conversation. But anyways, Sean Gunn as Maxwell Lord. I will agree with the overall sentiment. I don't think it's a great casting. Maybe Sean Gunn is going to start like pigging out and putting on some weight and he's going to get muscular. Then he might look different. I don't know. As far as we've always seen Sean Gunn, he's been a skinny, linky guy, and a lanky uh, guy, and, uh, you know, I think every time I've seen Maxwell Lord, kind of seems like a dude that, um, I don't know, it depends on what Maxwell Lord they're going with, I guess, and so are they going with supervillain Maxwell Lord, are they going with uh, different versions of him, because uh, Petro Pascal played a very different version, and, you know, Petro Pascal's not, like, a super buff dude either, but... He also looked very, very different in Wonder Woman 2. So, yeah, I don't know. We'll, we'll have to wait and see. But that is the first casting that has come out that I was just like, uh, yeah, I don't really like that one. I feel like Maxwell Lord could have been played by, like, especially with the way he looks now, like a, a Zac Efron. You know what I mean? Like, he's got the build for it. He's got, like, this jawline. Uh, yeah, I think, like, somebody like that could have played a good Maxwell Lord, although I don't know how tall Zac Efron is. I don't know if he's a shorter dude or not, but either way, I think there's plenty of different people that could have played, uh, Maxwell Lord before Sean Gunn, but we'll see. We don't know what James Gunn's gonna do. We don't know what iteration of Maxwell Lord this is gonna get. He could be the Maxwell Lord that Wonder Woman snaps his neck, so... You know, at that point, maybe you don't need a crazy Maxwell Lord if he's just going to die. Uh, and I think, let's see what else we got. We have one more uh, casting news that came out for Superman Legacy. And this is Miram, I believe is how you say her name. Miram Shore has been cast as the head of the CIA. Now, if I'm not mistaken, I'd have to go back and look. I feel like Clay posted this in the Discord. Okay, this, and I don't think... This is correct. Uh, if not, the casting is bad. Um, he said Tom King CIA agent lady has been cast in Superman. And I think he might be mistaken. Because all I've heard is that the CIA agent has been cast... In, uh, the head of the CIA has been cast in Superman Legacy. It didn't say the name of Tom King's character... It, it didn't say the name of the character at all. It just said, cast as the head of the CIA. So, I don't think Clay is technically correct there, unless he saw a different source. What I found, uh, I checked different, uh, different situations, and, or different articles, and it just said head of the CIA. So, I mean, there's been plenty of head of the CIAs in DC before. And also, I believe Tom King's version is a Latina, so I don't know if they would want to, like, change that up, you know what I mean? But we'll have to see. If this character comes out, has the same name, and cusses up a storm, then yeah, that's Tom King's version, but I did not see anywhere around that um, to, to confirm Clay's statement, so 
uh, there's that part. Um, and I believe that is all the DC, like the DCU castings that I have here. So a bunch of that's going on, but that doesn't mean that we are done with any of that because uh, still in the DCU, this is something else. Uh, and this this comes from a scooper, so grain of salt. Uh, according to Daniel RPK, Supergirl will appear in Superman Legacy, and they are currently casting the character. Sasha Kaye will not portray Supergirl in the DCU. Uh, so this kind of sucks for anybody that was, you know, interested in Sasha Kaye continuing the role of Supergirl. I think, again, this is going with Gunn's idea of just recasting everybody, essentially. Uh, I hope we don't get a recast of Harley Quinn. Uh, it does look like we're going to keep Peacemaker around. So we'll see how that goes. But for the most part, it does look like the big heroes and stuff like that. Everybody's being recast. And so that means we will get a new Supergirl. Uh, and I'm curious on who they're going to who they're gonna pick uh, for this. I don't know what James Gunn thinks. I know James Gunn is not somebody that's like, we need to have a white character play this white character. I know he's not that kind of guy. But I'm curious... If he did want to recast Supergirl just to be like, oh, yeah, let's not add the questions of like, oh, she's related to Superman, but they don't look the same. I don't know. We'll, we'll see what happens um, because Sasha Kaya was a Latina. So we'll see where it goes from here. I don't really think any of that really matters, but I mean, it's always something you can consider, right? Uh, either way, uh, Supergirl is supposed to be in Superman, which here's the thing. This is going to be very intriguing, right? Because apparently, we are going to be getting a Superman from what we've heard about the movie. It is going to be a Superman that is introduced to the rest of the world that already has superheroes. So does he already know Supergirl? Or has Supergirl always been around? And Kal-El has just been hiding? Or what's the case? That's what I'm going to be curious about. Because... Yeah, I don't know. I'm interested to see how they're going to explain that Superman is just now being introduced to a super world. You know what I mean? Like, a, a world of superheroes. And how does how does Supergirl play into that? Did, was she also just being introduced? Or has she always been around? Uh, it'll be interesting to see how James Gunn is going to play with all of that. But, moving on from that to another thing James Gunn has said. And uh, this one's interesting. Because I was all like, yo, what? Uh, James Gunn says that cameo porn is one of the worst elements in recent superhero movies, shoehorning characters in uh, Mangles the story. So, essentially, this was saying that, like, James Gunn doesn't, he, I mean, it is what he is, but like, I, I just saw, like, cameo porn. I was like, what the fuck is cameo porn? And uh, it was just the idea that, you know, a lot of Marvel movies will show a character just to be like, oh, they showed the character! And there's no really essence for that character in the movie. I think some people, unfortunately, are probably going to argue against this with James Gunn. Because he probably did that in the Guardians movies, didn't he? Because um, wasn't like uh, Howard the Duck just a random cameo? He doesn't really play a part in the story. He's just there. So I know some people are going to be like, oh, James Gunn does this too. Blah, 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 blah. So I don't know. But I think going forward, I think James Gunn is trying to make sure that this isn't going to happen, which I think is a positive thing. Even if he's guilty of it, I think it is positive you, if you are going forward that every character that you see is going to be essential to the story in some way. Now, 
Do I think basically the whole Justice League that he showed in his movie is going to be um, important to the story? No. I think that Justice League is probably going to be there fighting some heroes. They're going to be getting their ass beat, and Superman is going to come save the day. And maybe they're going to try to recruit him or deal with him or whatever. I think that's where they're going to play a part. So they'll have a part of the story. I don't think they're going to be like super like important though you know what i mean not like a like a lois lane would be i think the movie is still going to be about superman and lois and the other characters will just be supporting cast but they'll be their involvement will matter instead of being like oh look hey uh freaking thanos is sitting in the back of the bar just drinking a beer like you know what i mean which those kind of cameos yeah those don't do anything because that could be anybody you know what i mean so we'll see how that goes i did think that was very interesting uh, that James Gunn has come out and said that, and that might be cool, meaning that every character we see in movies going forward, at least in DC, will matter. And I think that is, that's very important. The last bit of news that we have is about Zack Snyder, everybody. And uh, this is... Oh, man. Okay, so uh, this is actually... This is from an interview. It's not like a clickbait article. It's not anything like that. Um, I it, He was... I believe this came from... It says... I, I can't even pronounce it. Cotra Cinco? O-C-I-O. Sorry. Um, I, I'm trying to do this as I'm like just randomly recording. Anyways, this news outlet from... I think they were probably in Mexico or something like that promoting the new Rebel Moon movie... Uh, it was a clip, and they were the the interviewer was asking if you'd if Zack Snyder would ever go down to do his stuff again or work with DC or whatever. And during this interview, Zack Snyder is arguably tired, or I should say, noticeably tired, not arguably, uh, because he literally yawns like in the middle of his thing. He's like, oh, "Yeah, yeah, I mean, I would definitely do, uh, you know, door stuff." And he, like, so he's just tired. He actually kind of looks tired too. Probably been on a press junket all day, worn out, you know, these kind of things. And they ask him, he and you know what he says. He's like, "If Netflix got the rights to my characters, to my Zack Snyder universe, then yeah, I would totally continue and do more with it." And so, there you go. The Zack Snyder fans will live off of that for the next 10 years. And they will try to get DC to sell the rights to Netflix and yada yada. And I don't know. I'm not going to lie at this point. I, I, again, I think it would be a bad move for DC. But it also does seem like DC is trying to make more money so they're selling different things to other networks like you know um the christmas specials or whatever are going to amazon uh the also the new batman animated series is going to amazon we're getting this stuff with tubi like there's going to be all of these different places you can see dc stuff and i don't know like if if you are creating an elseworlds and you wanted to like make money from netflix like i don't know how much money you could probably get from netflix but, dude, if Netflix was going to back up the truck to just get the rights to the Snyderverse, and, like, DC could be like, look, you can make two movies, and that is it. Um, you know? And, like, you, it has to be, we have to know what you're going to do. We have to be able to okay it, yada, yada. 
and then, you know, Netflix puts the bill, fuck it. Let them finish the, the series or whatever, you know what I mean? But uh, I don't think that's going to happen. But at this point, if it would eventually get people to go back on DC's side, you know, be like, look, we're going to let Zach do his thing over at Netflix. Um, we hope that you come watch our stuff too, yada, yada. Then that would be cool, you know, build up the relationship again. And uh, yeah, at this point, it's just like kind of over it. You know what I mean? Do I think it's going to happen? No, but I also thought we were never going to get the Snyder Cut in the first place. So I can't sit here and say that it's impossible. But yeah, I did think that was something interesting. Um, but you know, I, there is a part of me that I wish Zack Snyder would just be like, yo, I'm done. Like, I'm done. Like, I I want to move on. Rebel Moon's my new thing. I don't care about continuing the Snyderverse. Like, it had its moment, and I, I want to move on and do better things. I wish he would say that. But I also am somebody that has my own aspirations to create things, and maybe that's the thing he wanted. Maybe he wanted to ultimately make this universe of his own, yada, yada. He's also already said that he'll make a true adaptation of The Dark Knight if James Gunn let him. So, I don't know. We'll see what happens. Uh, the, I don't know if that true adaptation can be had with uh, a certain budget. So, we'll see what happens going forward. Uh, but I believe that is everything I have. And we are going to move on to viewer questions. Starting with the Discord, uh, we have Raphael that says, Do you miss Fanboy Clay? Uh, well, I will say, I uh, especially for this week, I had to get all the stuff together myself, all the sources, get all the questions. Well, actually, y'all guys do the questions. Um, but I had to get everything going. I had to do the tweet in Discord and all that kind of jazz. And, uh, you know, it does save me a little time when Clay does do it. So I do miss that. And obviously, on the podcast, it's a lot easier to just talk to somebody. I mean, you can you have time to catch your breath when they're talking they provide different perspectives and stuff like that when it comes to these topics. So I do definitely miss the conversation because I think any podcast is better with more than one person. I do think when people have like five, four, you know, uh, when those those podcasts get a little out of hand, but that's because everybody wants to be the top guy. When you do those big podcasts, I've said this before, you need to know who the top guy is. You need to know who the leader is, and everybody else just kind of goes around that. Um, I, you can't have four leaders. It just doesn't work. It's not the Judgment Day. You know what I mean? Um, and everybody knows the leader of the Judgment Day is Rhea Ripley. So, anyways, freaking... Um, so, yeah, I miss that aspect of, of the podcast for sure. Um, but I'm not going to lie to you guys, and I think anybody would agree with this. Uh, when you do th do things on your own, you work at your own pace and you get to, you know, you're not um, beholden to somebody else, right? Uh, and I will say it's kind of nice to be able to record this podcast whenever I want. I mean, last week I recorded it at like one in the morning and I freed up my Thursday and I was like, hell yeah, I got all Thursday to work on stuff. Because usually the way my schedule currently works is... I Thursday is blocked off for the podcast because I never really know when we're going to record the podcast before clay moved. We had a good schedule of recording at like 10 and 11 AM. And I think since he moved, we've only done one podcast and that was later in the day. And, um, yeah, so that was just like, you know, I was like, I had to close off the whole day for that because you never really know when the podcast is going to happen. So there is one benefit, you know, like anything, there's pros and cons to to everything. 
Um, but you know, once once everything gets settled down, I mean, the last time I talked to Clay, because it has been a few days, uh, he was applying for a new job that was probably gonna let us record in the mornings again, which would be nice uh, because that was what we originally did, and it worked for my schedule. Because um, I do like to keep a tight knit schedule. I mean, I have a lot going on, whether you may see it or not. Like I said, I have a job that I work on every single day, and then we have the new channel. Which, by the way, shout out to everybody that's checked out the new channel. I had some people come over from the podcast and were like, I'm from the podcast. And um, so I appreciate y'all uh, watching the content, and hopefully you enjoy it. But yeah, so yeah, there are definitely aspects I do miss. Um, I, I just think any podcast is better with conversation. So I, I definitely miss that part of it for sure. Uh, moving on to Arwitz. Uh, who are your top three favorite villains of all time and your top three heroes of all time? So I'm going to knock out the heroes f- first because it's so easy. Batman, obviously. And then um, Wolverine and Gambit. Yeah, yeah. It might be shocking. Might be shocking since, you know, we talk about so much Batman and I know so much more about DC than I do Marvel. Um, but Gambit and Wolverine were always some of my favorite characters ever. I loved Gambit and Wolverine. They were awesome. I grew up on the cartoon, read some of the comics, thought they were amazing. And um, yeah, I mean, come on, like Gambit's hooking up with Rogue. Like, let's go. Come on, bro. Come on. Uh, He just also looked cool. I thought, you know, that 90s attire was really great. I've actually cosplayed as Gambit before, which is uh, crazy. So yeah, I don't know. I definitely have to say those are my top three, Batman, Wolverine, and Gambit. Um, probably in that order, uh, you know, I, I mean, th- I run a podcast that's about Batman, obviously he's going to be number one, and Wolverine, I think, is just the opposite of Batman, and I think I like that too, you know what I mean? Um, I just relate to Batman in ways of, like, how he doesn't give up, and how he, you know, he finds a way to do everything, and I think that's why I, I love the character so much, but Wolverine's just a badass, you know what I mean? He's the complete opposite of Batman at times, and I think I really enjoy that. Um, I think that's cool too. You know, I just like to be entertained. I like to see some crazy stuff, and Wolverine provides that. And Gambit is just—he's just—he's just cool, man. He's just cool. So I'll go with that. The th- the three villains is a lot harder because, as we've said, and I've been on record of this. One, I don't really care about villain stories too much. I like seeing the villain go against the hero I like, and I get intrigued by how they approach fighting the hero or the situations they put him in. But, you know, it's kind of hard to, like, unless you read, like, every story about a certain character. Sorry, I got the burps. Um, it, it's hard to kind of pick. So, obviously, I'm going to say Joker is probably number one. Very cliche, like, oh, typical pick. And then I'm not going to... I don't include Catwoman and, like, Harley and stuff like that as villains anymore. So I'm not going to say any of them. But if I was including Harley and and Catwoman, they would probably be two and three, to be honest. Because I, I enjoy those characters a lot. But I'm trying to think of stories that I really enjoyed that involve villains and stuff like that. And I don't think I have a particular order for villains. Because I kind of want to say, like, Venom or Carnage in the spot because I really enjoy Venom and Carnage I don't know which one I like better I love the craziness of Carnage like he's just a psychopath but I also love like 
the awesomeness of Venom. So I don't know which one I would prefer. Um, and I also consider them both villains. I like them as villains, not anti-heroes or whatever. And then maybe Clayface? Uh, I really do enjoy Clayface. Um, I think he's underrated, in my opinion. Although, in the last few years, I think he's probably becoming properly rated. But I had always considered him underrated um, prior to even starting this podcast. So, yeah, I would probably go with those. I don't, you know, it might be a cop-out answer because I'm including Carnage and Venom. But since I don't keep up with the modern-day Marvel stuff, I can't sit here and say, like which one is better nowadays. Um, I only remember them when I when I was reading the very little Marvel stuff that I did read and watching the cartoons and playing the games. Um, so yeah, that, that's what I would go with for that. Uh, and then we got Charlie Bro that says, best holiday theme comic. Um, this is an easy answer for me, but it also might be like a little bias answer. Uh, the Long Halloween. The Long Halloween includes all the holidays. So, I mean, uh, can you really beat a... And it's about Batman. So can you really beat a story that covers all the holidays and not say it's the best? You know what I mean? But um, I think there are some good holiday ones out there. I mean, we're reading Silent Night right now in the comic book section when we review stuff um, with our Batman Silent Night, which is pretty cool. Uh, it involves Santa Claus. And yeah, I don't know. I do think that... Um, I'm trying to think of what other, like, Christmas, I mean, because here's the thing, Batcat was, was during Christmas, too, but if you're talking about, like, the holiday actually played a part in the story, then I don't think you can beat Long Halloween. Long Halloween, the holidays actually mattered because that was when the next victim was gonna be killed, and I think that was just such a fucking great story. So I'm going to go with uh, Long Halloween, but if you guys have any better suggestions for comics that actually involve the holiday, um, put them in the comment section of the YouTube video. So moving over from Discord to the UBTubes, we have Clay that says, what stupid casting would fans warm up to the most? Uh, Gordon Ramsay as John Constantine. Okay, I actually kind of like that. Uh, Ellis Jean as Black Canary. Don't know who that is. Kanye West as Jon Stewart. Wow. Marilyn Manson as Scarecrow. I, I could see it. Actually, I think I'd have Marilyn Manson as um, Mr. Bloom from uh, Scott Snyder's run. Uh, Donald Trump as Penguin. Um, <laughs> Donald Trump. Donald Trump has the body type for Penguin. I'll say that. Uh, but could he... I don't know. I mean, he probably waddles like him, too. So he'd probably be the most accurate. Uh, I need to see who this Ellis Jean is because I don't know who this is. Uh, I put Ellis Bean. Let's see. Ellis. Uh, or is it Elisa Jean? Yo! Whoa! Is this, a, is this a porn star that I'm looking at? All I see is uh, her Instagram has a very suspicious photo. Um, I'm assuming this is a porn star. Can't say that I know her from her content. But as who? As Black Canary? Um, I mean, maybe? I don't know. I don't know if... I mean, here's the thing. Dudes are very simple. And I think they warm up to anybody they find attractive. 
but is she a good actress? I don't know. I can't say that I'm aware of her content. So I can't sit here and say that people would warm up to that. I do think people, for the memes, and I think just over time, Gordon Ramsay as John Constantine is great. I think that would be fantastic. So I would say Gordon Ramsay. I mean, people already love him. So I think that would be uh, hilarious. So we'll go with that one. Uh, moving on to the uh, next things, Eduardo de la Cruz. Uh, Batman got his back blown out by Bane, just like my ex crush did. I was sad because I wasn't the first who would win. Beast Boy versus Craven, Cod Piece versus Big Wheel, uh, Brainiac versus the Death Star. Uh, what did I just read? Says Alexis Barrera. Uh, Beast Boy versus Craven. I mean, Craven. here's the thing. Craven can go toe-to-toe with Spider-Man. I don't know if he necessarily would beat Spider-Man, but he can go toe-to-toe with him. Uh, and I feel like Beast Boy gets soloed by Spider-Man. So I feel like Craven could beat Beast Boy. So I'm going to go Craven there. Who the fuck is Codpiece and Big Wheel? I don't... Am I going to, like, look up something and be like, Yo, what the fuck? Uh, let me see. I don't know... Oh, my God. <laughs> Who is this? Holy shit. Is this a DC character? Okay. Codpiece, to just... To describe this to you, he's essentially a character that's got a gun over his fucking junk and it's a massive gun ladies and gentlemen dude that should just i think the recoil of that alone would hurt like oh my god james gunn needs to put this in a fucking thing okay oh he's in doom patrol okay this must be the second or third season because i have not seen that that is fucking hilarious so codpiece versus big wheel Hold on, I don't need to know who Big Wheel is because these are... Dude, I love when y'all bring up obscure characters. This is, Okay, I've actually seen Big Wheel. If I'm not mistaken, Big Wheel, I think, has, has fought... Oh, wait, this is a Marvel character. Okay, I am actually wrong here. So, I, I want to say that Big Wheel, there is a similar character to Big Wheel... That went up against the Blackhawks. Uh, because I want to say... They used to fight some weird like machine type soldiers and characters. And I want to say there is a character similar to Big Wheel in the DC Universe. I just don't know what it's called. And it might just be a machine. Um, I mean... Big Wheel looks like he actually has a machine that... I mean, well, obviously Codpiece also has a machine. If you know what I'm talking about. But I do think that... When you got a thing that rolls like a vehicle, I mean, we, I mean, it all depends on Codpiece's fucking aim. You know what I mean? Does he got good aim? Is he an excellent marksman? <laughs> because then that that changes the game. But just from the looks, I'm gonna go Big Wheel. Um, it just seems just like he he'd put up more of a fight. He, I mean, I depending on how powerful Codpiece is, um, could possibly the Big Wheel. Might not even be damaged. Who knows? There's a lot of there's a lot uh, to be desired there. You know what I mean? You don't know. Is he is he compensating? You know, is it all for show? We don't know. 
But anyways, uh, and then Brainiac versus the Death Star. Dude, Luke Skywalker destroyed the Death Star with a freaking X-Wing fighter. So Brainiac can, like, control anything that's electronic, if I'm not mistaken, and has captured planets before. So I'm going to go Brainiac easy. Uh, moving on to that, we got Jason Todd. What member of the Batman can... Okay, I think he meant Bat Family. Uh, Bat Family can or cannot lift Thor's hammer. Um, so I would think, I mean, obviously, I think the people that can't are like Stephanie Brown, uh, Jason Todd. Um, let's see, Jason Todd, freaking. Uh, I don't think Damien can. Uh, I obviously, I think it's easier to say who can. I think the only ones I would consider that could be able to lift it would probably be Batman. I think you could argue that there are some things that would probably make him unworthy. But, I, I, you know, just for the sake of it, I'm going to say Batman. I think Dick Grayson would be worthy. And I think Barbara Gordon would be worthy. Everybody else, I think, has questionable characters. Some people would say, oh, Tim Drake. Tim Drake. And you, I guess you could say this about Nightwing, too. But they, I think it was just poorly written. I think Nightwing was supposed to be in the neutral party in Gotham War, but uh, he kind of came off as going against Batman. Tim Drake, depending on what you've read, has done some shady stuff. If I'm not mistaken, didn't Tim Drake come from a different future to try to kill um, Jonathan Kent in a story? I think that's when he became the savior. So I don't know if he'd be worthy. Because Tim Drake has done some uh, some different stuff. I guess you could say the same thing about Batman. Depending on what stories you want to include or not, you could say which ones are not worthy. If I had to pick, I would say Batman, um, Batman, Barbara Gordon, and Nightwing are the only two people, or the only three people that I think would be worthy, in my opinion. Uh, over the majority of their history is what I would include. Uh, moving on from there, uh, Nathan says. What else world idea sounds the most interesting? Alfred decides to become Batman after Bruce's parents are killed. Batman marries Talia with her becoming an anti-hero Batwoman. Batman has to find what the fuck to do with his time after he re rehabilitated slash jailed most of his rogues. Batman dies saving Jason Todd from the Joker instead. Hmm... I don't like the Alfred becoming Batman after his parents are killed because that just makes Bruce even more of an orphan. Uh, I always like that Alfred has... He is Bruce's father, essentially, after his parents died. So I like that. Uh, Batman marrying Talia and her becoming Batwoman. I would read that. I think that sounds interesting uh, if she wants to join the fight. Uh, and she could also be around Damien. They could be a family of crime fighters. I think that's kind of cool. Uh, Batman... I think Batman, I mean, obviously, I feel like if you're a good enough writer, you can make any story happen for a long time. But I think Batman finding out what to do after he rehabilitates most of his rogues, that's like a short story. Um, so I don't know if that would be great. And Batman dies saving Jason Todd from the Joker instead. I feel like that's been done. Uh, somebody could correct me in the comments if that has or not. But I want to say there's a story like that. If not... I'm shocked that it hasn't been written. Uh, but for the most part, 
I'd probably, if I was gonna pick out of any of these, I'd probably pick the Batman marries Talia and she becomes anti-hero Batwoman. Uh, I think that sounds the most intriguing. Uh, moving on to Moncre, who says, "How would Batman ha handle? Ha uh, how would Batman handle antagonists that do bad things for the greater good, like Itachi, Megamind, or Killmonger? Does he try to work with them to achieve their goals, or want to send them to Arkham for their crimes?" I think depending on how bad the crime is, I think Batman sends them to Arkham. Uh, and then he will work with them from Arkham somehow or Blackgate or whatever. Um, and I think that's how he helps. You know, it, it's basically if you're, if you're literally doing the Black Panther uh, movie, you saw what Killmonger was trying to do, but he did it in the most evil way. I think Bat you can literally replace Batman with T'Challa at the end of that movie where he's going to the inner city to like donate money or help out people. If I'm not mistaken, that's how the end of that movie ends. Uh, although everybody just talks about the horrible CGI fight. So yeah, I think it would be kind of similar. I, I think he would make everybody pay for their crimes. Except for Megamind, I I'm not gonna lie. I cannot sit here and say I remember what happens at the end of Megamind and why he was doing what he did. So I don't know about that one. Because Batman does have a soft spot for people. If he knows that, like, you're not going to be a danger to society afterwards, like, after he defeats you, he kind of lets you go. He's That has kind of happened in a few stories recently, if I'm not mistaken. Well, at least in Batman and Robin, which I'm going to quickly talk about later today, that happens. So, um, yeah, Batman will kind of just let you go. And Itachi still killed a lot of people. I think Batman would have him go to jail. He'd, he'd send him to Blackgate, but he'd probably... I don't know, or maybe send him to the Suicide Squad or something like that. But I do think Batman wouldn't l let anybody just go if they have killed a lot of people. But I think he would work with them so that they wouldn't do it again and that they could maybe in the future be released into society. I don't know. Um, but his, Batman's main goal at the end of the day is just to make sure innocent people don't die. That is always his end goal is he doesn't want extra bodies. So... Uh, that don't need to be there. So, you know. And he's cool with rehabilitating people. So I think I think that's kind of how it would go down. Uh, as for Alexis Barretta, which is the final comment we have here, uh, says, What female version of a character would you rather be with? Bane, Croc, Mr. Freeze, Ventriloquist, or Penguin? So I saw this uh, right before I started recording today. And my main question is, are we getting like hot versions of these characters because I think that that really changes the dynamic but if we are getting just like no it is basically like if Bane is super big hunked out on Venom he's just a female if it's Croc just a female version so basically imagine all these characters if they had some boobs and stuff you know what I mean um and then it gets kind of like you know then you're just like yo because here's the thing we have a female version of Bane and a female version of Mr. Freeze. It's his wife, who was kind of hot, and Bane's daughter. And I'm not going to lie to you, you know, muscular chicks can be kind of hot. I'm just saying. Uh, if, you haven't, if you haven't seen uh, Lean Beef Patty, Lean Beef Patty, a very attractive woman, and can also break you in half. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. I think freaking uh, there are versions of those two characters already. 
Croc, I think just that would just scare me, you know? I am somebody that's like, I think cats are okay, but I really hate when cats claw me. You know what I mean? And uh, Croc could bite you in half, you know? You don't want to be getting intimate and then like, you know what I mean? Like, come on. Why would you want to put yourself in that situation? So that's going to be a no-go. Uh, ventriloquist, I feel like... So here's the thing. Who's the female version? Is it Scarface or the voice actor? Like, you know, the ventriloquist. Uh, I forget what his name is. Is it Arnie? I forget what the ventriloquist's actual name is. Uh, Arthur, maybe? No, I don't know. Anyways... Uh, so that would be the question there. I feel like that's just either way, even if you gender bend both, that's just, that's a kinky situation. So, you know, if you're into it. Uh, and then Penguin. Is that, our, again, Penguin has a daughter. So if we are just swapping bodies uh, and it's just like a female version of Penguin, the current Penguin we got, you kind of already see that with his daughter. Same kind of nose, same kind of face, same kind of build and everything like that. So out of all of these, if I had to go, man, I'm going probably Mr. Freeze or Bane. Like, honestly, because we have female versions of those. If I had to pick, probably go Freeze. So, yeah, it'd be really cold. I'd have to keep my socks on, all that kind of jazz, you know. I mean, you know, it's a little chilly. I'm going to wear a winter coat. <laughs> but anyways, yeah, I don't know. I'm going with uh, probably Mr. Freeze there. But that is all we got for viewer questions. And now... We're moving on to comics. Okay, so I'm going to be real with y'all. I will say we had that comment earlier that said, uh, do you miss fanboy Clay? I will say the one thing that I do miss is the option to be able to not talk about certain comics because I know Clay read them. Uh, but I'm going to be real with y'all. Uh, this has been kind of my new thing. I've just been picking the best like three or four comics out of the week and kind of reviewing those and kind of just letting everybody know what other comics came out this week. I'm doing the same thing this week. The reason is, if we were to normally do what we normally do, where we try to cover everything, we'd have, like, nine comics or something like that. We have Danger Street number 12. We have Outsiders number 2. We have Titans Beast World number 2. We have Titans Beast World Tour Gotham number 1. We have World's Finest Teen Titans number 6. Then we have Batman Justice Buster number 6. Then we have Batman Santa Claus Silent Night number 2. Then we have DC Twas the Might Before Christmas number 1. Then we have Batman Gargoyle number two, Batman 428 Robin Lives, which if you don't know what that is, that is the alternate version of Jason Todd dying, because uh, that was a, for those of you that don't know, a comic that was voted on. It was voted that Jason Todd died back in the day, and so now they're releasing the actual version where he lives, so if you want to go pick that up, go pick it up. Then, uh, that's already 10 comics. Then we'd have Batman uh, City of Madness number two, Batman and Robin number four, Detective Comics 1017. And that is just the books that we would have covered here on Batman News Weekly. That is 13 books. That is a podcast by itself. So I'm going to pick the 10 best comic, or not the 10 best, fuck that. Uh, I am going to pick the top three to four comics. And it's basically three because I'm barely going to talk about Batman and Robin um, out of what I've read. So... Uh, I'm not going to be covering Danger Street number 12. Uh, reason being, I didn't read it. But also, I've said this multiple times. I just want to read Danger Street in one sitting at this point because there was so much going on in that book. I want to be able to buy it in hardcover and just kind of read it on my own. Uh, and I believe we have covered everything. But again, since I didn't read it, I'm not going to be able to talk about it. Also, don't kind of want to spoil the ending for myself. I want to sit down and read it and kind of like 
go through all of it and be like, oh, damn, that was actually really good. Or maybe it wasn't so good. I don't really know. Um, also, not going to be talking about Batman Gargoyles, which sucks because that is a... Uh, I really enjoyed that book. I might Maybe we'll cover it next week or something like that, depending on what books come out. And this could be for any of these books in the future. But let's just go ahead and dive into... Also, Beast World does not look interesting. That event looks boring as hell where everybody's becoming, you know, like a beast and I just don't care. We talked about that when it got announced. Like, that seemed like it was going to be a dumb event and it kind of seems that way. Like, you know, freaking everybody's turning into random animals. Yeah, I don't I don't care about it. It seems like one of the most boring events. I, I personally wouldn't waste my money on it. And so, yeah. So, uh, the first thing we're going to talk about is actually Batman and Robin. Because this is something I didn't read, uh, but I, I skimmed through it, and already I had already guessed what was going to happen in this book. So, uh, and this is also one of the situations where I told you that Batman kind of just lets a, a person go away. So, we get some... We get the flashback that Damien, while he was training, had a female instructor... And after he was done with her, I guess he out-trained, like, out-beat her in her skills, um, you know, she was banished. And, you know, she tried to go after Damien, and, like, they kind of took her away, and you would assume she was dead. Well, I got this from issue one when he went to school, because I think he went to school in issue one. His teacher or headmaster or whatever in issue one that come and stops the fight or whatever is there, I was like, that's the villain. And I, I don't know if I called that out in the la- in the podcast when we did review issue one. I If I didn't do that, I definitely thought it. But that's in my brain. I was just like, oh, yeah, the, one of these teachers is the villain. Like, I, they're hush, for sure, or shush, as they should say. This story goes on. Remember, there was, like, the last issue, there was a big bat um, and that wasn't man bat and whatever. Batman shows up with the white rabbit. They start fighting. Um, and then this bat flies away with Shush, and, you know, they kind of, like, um, Batman, I'm glad I didn't read this, because I'm looking at the dialogue right now, and Robin says, Robin is okay, uh, I have spent enough time with bats, I need to show what I do not fear them, uh, that I do not fear them, they just need to, a moment to be reminded, who's boss? And Batman is spreading his wings and has all these bats around him, and then freaking white rabbits like whoa there's a reason why i didn't read this book or cared to read it ladies and gentlemen because the dialogue has been so fucking bad um so anyways you know going on we have the scientist that is like reviewing all the other animals that are the you know the what are they called the um the deadly trio or whatever i always forget their names it's the animal trio but anyways they're like being treated or whatever because they're actually animals now or whatever. And then there's this moment where uh, the white rabbit's like, we're the, you know, we're the dynamic trio now, right? And he's like, I appreciate your help, but once we're done here, like you're going back to Blackgate. And she's like, if you have to catch me. And then she runs away. And, uh, or no, he says, uh, let's see. Once, oh, once you give up your obsession, you'll be able to live, um, you know, live your life or whatever, I think is what he says. Uh, we appreciate your help. Once you serve your time and stop obsessing about Alice in Wonderland and crime, you can start over with a new life, White Rabbit. Uh, but until then, you're going to Blackgate. So it was one of those situations where uh, Batman is totally cool with what you've done if you've served your time kind of situation. And 
obviously she dives off a thing and she's like, if you can catch me, and they're like, oh yeah, why don't we go try to catch her? And that's kind of how, not the book ends, because we go to the next morning where uh, Bruce is dropping off Damien at school, and we see his headmaster or whatever, and it's the lady from the first book, and Damien's like, oh, I have a reason to go to school now because I think my principal is shush. And uh, yeah, so he's like, my old instructor and new principal is uh, shush. So that's the book. Like, Damien knows already that this is why he's going to be going to school because he's old. Who fucking cares? Who fucking cares? That's all I got to say. Shush was just a made-up character that is boring. Why would she bring up that persona? I, I don't know. I don't know. It's just a really boring boring concept boring book i don't care um this doesn't fit with what's happening in detective it doesn't fit what's happening with batman in batman um i don't know why we're getting this batman and robin book it's boring it's joshua williamson you know very hit or miss i think he misses more than he hits in my opinion and i think batman and robin is just not a great book um so that's kind of what happened it was nothing to watch huh, in my opinion uh moving on to that Let's talk about uh, a Justice Buster. Because Justice Buster, oh man, turn the dial up to 11 because we got introduced to freaking Deathstroke, ladies and gentlemen. You're talking about Deathstroke in an anime. Like, only going to be awesome, right? But before we got to Deathstroke, we got a flashback, which is very manga, very anime is when you introduce a character or you've seen a character for a while and you want to learn more about them, they show you their tragic origin story. And we found out the tragic origin story of Danny, which is the little boy that's been in this story. And Danny just so happened to have the same origin as one Dick Grayson, where his parents fell to their death and he was a performer. And we found out that his uncle was a clown. Uh, and that's kind of where we see. I'm already calling it. I think the clown was probably the reason his parents died, but we'll see what happens in the future. And um, Danny starts, uh, for some reason, he pulls out this book called The Detective, and maybe he's trying to learn to be a detective, get those skills up. Uh, he is very curious about Batman. We've seen that before. And then we come across this uh, this panels of Batman beating up Riddler, but he won't call him Riddler. He keeps calling him Nigma, And he's like, it's Riddler. Call me Riddler. And then we see Joker there along his side. And he's like, oh, we should just, like, um, you know, take him in or whatever. And then somebody tries to shoot Batman. Batman covers himself with the cape. Of course, it gets blocked. And that is Deathstroke. He looks so badass. Um, just, like, I don't know. He just looks great. I mean, it, it, that's all I can say. Go read this book if you're not reading it. And so Deathstroke is there, and he, like, you know, super anime, jumping off things, going straight to attack Batman. He's fighting Batman. Uh, Batman blocks. You know, it's just like a good little fight. Joker tries to shoot him, uh, and Deathstroke just, like, with his ninja sword, just blocks all the things, and they're like, no way, you gotta be kidding me. Very, very anime, which I think is great. And then Deathstroke gets Nigma, and he just, like, disappears. Uh, with a flashbang, and they're like, that was crazy. And then, of course, the Robin system is telling Batman, they're like, you have a malfunction in your helmet. You need to return back to base or whatever. Then we see that the kid, Danny, is going to look for a private detective, and it is the Ace Detective Office, and we see 
who we can only assume is the Joker, the man behind the mask, shows up and he's like, hi, you're looking for me, huh? And he's like, you're a private detective. And he's like, yeah. He's like, from the looks of it, you've probably been denied by every other private detective around here, but I'm willing to listen to your story. And so the kid starts telling him his story or whatever, and he's like, but what's your name? And he's like, it's Danny. He's like, no, no, no. What's your real name? And that's when we get revealed the kid's name is Dick Grayson. And um, after that, we, you know, we see Batman in the cave. He's, you know, finding out who the the person behind the mask was with Deathstroke. And it, it's revealed that it's Slade Joseph Wilson, a.k.a. Deathstroke. And, you know, he's a hired mercenary, all this kind of jazz. And uh, what ends up happening is, you know, Batman's like, all right, I'm going to need to go find uh, Enigma. And he's talking to Lucius, which is cool. I don't know if this is the first time we've seen Lucius in this book. Uh, we actually don't see him here. He's talking to him. But we get the moment that, you know, and this is a family guy joke. He's like, he said it. He said it. Uh, we get the moment on why this book is called Batman Justice Buster. And for whatever reason, Batman's like, he's talking about the bat boat. This is supposed to be a boat. But, you know, and this is what Lucius is like, I'm assuming you're talking about the Bat Boat. He's like, yeah. He's like, we're not going to call that that anymore, though. It's going to be the Justice Buster. So, yeah, this uh, huge machine thing that was named the Bat Boat. Or is it Bat Boat or Bat Bot? Let me actually find that out. Uh, it might be Bat Bot. Nope, it's Bat Boat. Definitely Bat Boat. So, um, yeah, the Bat Boat. I don't know why, if it's only going to be on water or what the case is going to be. But it is now going to be called the Justice Buster. And that was revealed. And that again, that's all the story it is. So we got the origin of Dick Grayson. We found out uh, who, De or obviously we all know who Deathstroke is already. But Deathstroke showed up. And we find out why the book is called Justice Buster. And it's going to be revolving around some big machine that's going to be happening. So pretty cool. I, I'm Like I said, I've been enjoying these manga uh, stories that they've been dropping. Pretty awesome. And, uh, yeah, we're gonna, gonna continue with, um, oh man, the only other two books, actually, I read three more books. Okay, so, um, I actually didn't know I, I read so many. So, quickly, Batman Silent Night, we covered this one, I wanted to continue covering it again. Uh, this is the Christmas story, this book is dropping every week of December, and it is Batman and Santa Claus Silent Night. And we found out in this book why, um, Krumpus is um, going after people and why he's fighting Santa. And basically, the whole story is... And the, the way they tell the origin of this is really cool. Batman left a toy box behind for Batman. And the box reveals the memories of Santa Claus. And he's able to... Instead of like having to tell the story, they, they're just in the memory. Which I think is really cool storytelling aspect. Because there's these kids chasing after this little girl that's saving a pig. And, the, you know, Robin and everybody tries to kick the kids because they're like, leave her alone. And uh, they're just phantom, like they're phantom images because it's a memory. And I think that's really cool. And we see that Krumpus was like basically a character that fed off of fear, essentially. But he, so he loved capturing kids and be like, I'm going to eat you for doing bad. And um, what what Santa and Krumpus were doing in this origin was they would scare kids and people into being a better society. So they were using fear, a la kind of like Batman, uh, to try to make society better. 
And they were doing that over time. So Krumpus would play the bad cop and Santa would be the good cop or whatever. So he rewarded the little girl with a toy and all that kind of jazz. And he would tell the other, I think they called it bad cop, worse cop instead of good cop, bad cop. And so um, Krumpus would play like, I'm this monster that's going to eat you. And they would just trick society. And it showed over time, they built up this society of like better people. And eventually there was one moment where everybody kind of started just laughing at Krumpus over the time because they know nobody died. Like nobody was dying. He wasn't eating anybody. So nobody was really fearful of him. So eventually people are laughing at him and he got one kid and ran away with him. And Santa Claus was like, yo, what's going on? And it looked like he ate the kid. He was all like, yes, I I ate him. No more, you know, bad child. And Santa has this ability to send people far away or to like another dimension. And he was so mad that Krumpus killed somebody that he sent him to this other realm. Then it then it's revealed that the kid was just hiding with a bunch of snacks that Krumpus gave him. So Santa was like, I fucked up! And he tried to go find Krumpus in this other realm, but could never, ever find him. And so now, this is the first time he's seen him since he banished him. And so now... Krumpus is, like, trying to get back to, like... He's trying to not necessarily get back at uh, Santa, it seems like. He's just trying to, like, get back to a normal area, but he's being manipulated by these voices, by these other bats and stuff like that. So that's at least what... The way I kind of reveal it, it doesn't seem like Krumpus is a super evil character at the moment, but he's being manipulated to be an evil character uh, and maybe try to get revenge, you know what I mean? Uh, we do get to see a lot of the other Justice League with, like, Black Canary, uh, Green Arrow fighting these, uh, you know, these bat-type creatures. And then um, Krumpus is going to get other creatures that are, like, stronger than um, than bats and stuff like that. So uh, he is definitely being manipulated by somebody. We don't know who that is yet. Uh, maybe it could just be his inner inner monologue. I don't really know. But he is being manipulated because somebody is talking to him. And he's about to get a bunch of angels, it looks like. It's like a lot of these women that are in warrior suits that have angel wings. And that's what's going to be happening uh, pretty soon. The last final panel is amazing, though. Because you see this red streak. Obviously, Superman crushes down to the ground. And after, you know, like I said... Krumpus is, like, getting other villains to fight Batman. So Superman crashes down, like, with just the fury of the gods. And he has red eyes. And he's like, you never said that you knew. And then he's, like, got his big blue eyes. He's like, Santa. (laughs) So, like, he's so upset that Batman knows Santa and that he doesn't. So I think it's just funny. It is the Boy Scout. It's very innocent Clark Kent. Uh, he's like, how do you know Santa? And I don't know Santa. And uh, I think it was just a, it's just a good, interesting book. You know, it's got drama and action in it, but at the same time, it's like it's got a Christmassy vibe, which I really, I really enjoy. So uh, that is the second book of Silent Night. If you guys want to go pick that up, now the other two books are Dawn of DC. Well, that's the new event that's going on. But I also read Outsiders because I want to give some love to the book Outsiders that is. With Batwing and Batwoman, we started we started covering this, and it is written by um, it is written by uh, Jack ja- uh, Jackson Langsing. He has two last names, and uh, Colin Kelly. 
So, uh, which also seems like, well, Kelly seems like a first name, honestly. But anyways, those guys. Uh, and we've been loving their writing. They've been writing Batman, Nero, Neo, uh, Gotham. And uh, obviously they read that they did the Clayface One Bad Day story, which was amazing. So I want to give some praise to this book because I really enjoy these writers. And it's also giving um, spotlight to Batwoman and, and Batwing, two characters that don't get enough spotlight, in my opinion. And we know that they're, the Outsiders is now investigating just things that do not have answers in the world. And, um, you know, Batwoman's like, I want to go investigate this storm that's been raging for decades. And she said she experienced it when she first joined up in the military, and she was all for it. And I believe, but it's weird because she also saw this thing as a kid. So um, I don't, or at least that's the vibe I get. But she went in uh, to try to search for this storm that never ended. And everybody was like, nah, we shouldn't do that. Uh, she's like, this is why we came here. And, um, you know, she's kind of fighting with Drummer, which is the other person in the squad that uh, isn't obviously Batwing. And he's like, all right, let's go for it. He's like, I want to find out answers. that uh, I want to find places that don't have answers or whatever, right? Um... And so they go to this area, and it's like this storm that's been raging. There's lightning. It's like crazy. And we find the Challengers of the Unknown. Now, if I'm not mistaken, these are old characters. Um, they're not... I don't think they're just created to see Challengers of the Unknown. I'm pretty sure these are old characters. Yeah. Definitely old characters. Uh, believe back in the day they were all men. Um, in here, it looks like we got a mixture. Well, also, I believe the way the story was told, if I remember it correctly, there have been challengers of the unknown over time. So this might just be the new iteration of the challengers. Um, and so they're like talking about how they've beaten so many monsters and stuff like that. Well, anyways, the challengers live in this storm to overlook Atlantis or like to overlook this, you know, area. And they're like, you guys, we showed you the tour, and they, like, take them on board, and they're like, yeah, these are all the people I've killed, and all this kind of stuff, and they're like, yeah, we're the best, and yada yada, and they give them this tour of the thing, and they're like, yeah, but now we're gonna ask you to, to leave, we, we don't need you here, and we gotta have to, you know, revoke your access to this area, and they're just like, nope, and they, like, go down into the sea, and the challenges of the known have these, like, big mech uh, suits, and they go down into the water, and they're like, look, we're telling you, trying to be nice. Um, we will leave you at the bottom of the sea to die if you don't listen. And so they like start shooting the bat boat is all I can really call it. Obviously, they're not trying to use the bat symbols for stuff, but it's a fucking bat boat. And so, um, you know, there's just this fighting that's going on. Batwing is like, yo, I have a suit for you, Kate, if you want to go try it out and go out into the ocean. And so Kate jumps into the ocean as they're falling to, because um, they've been hit, the boat's been hit, and it's like sinking down to the bottom. And uh, they find that they're in a graveyard of just massive dead sea creatures. And I'm talking about like, not like whales and stuff. I'm talking about like krakens, it seems like. And so they're like, oh crap, what is this? And the challengers of the unknown, what I got from this story was that Aquaman loves hunting these creatures and killing them, and the Challengers of the Unknown are hiding the secret 
and that is why they have a pact with Atlantis, because apparently this is Atlantean waters. And so um, they're like, yeah, this, we're following orders or whatever. And what ends up happening is, uh, oh my God, I was going to say Wonder Woman. Batwoman finds a trident, and this trident is, I'm assuming, causes a connection with the only remaining like kraken that's down there and it's the same kind of kraken that uh she saw when she first showed up on the um well see here this is what i don't understand because it looks like she looks really young in this thing like she saw it when she was a kid but there's also like de a dead kid and a dead uh like person so i don't know oh i think they're I think earlier in the story, hold on, let me check. I got to verify this because it is starting to confuse me. I think earlier in the story, she uh, was on a boat and it got destroyed by this Kraken thing. And maybe that's how she washed up on the beach. And I think that's how it is. Um, so she's like one of the only remaining survivors. But she remembers what this thing looked like when it attacked them. And so this thing kind of remembers her as well. And so she essentially is able to talk down the um challengers because they're like oh yeah we've killed things like this before we'll kill this one and she talks about she's like why do you think it's here she's like in a in a pile of boneyards like it's not uh it's not a runt it's a child like this is a child of all these things that have been killed and so the challengers kind of have like they're like yeah you know what let's not do any murdering today or whatever kind of you know she she backs them down and this last kraken is not killed uh and it's just gonna be able to be down there and be on its own and um yeah i don't know when i haven't been reading aquaman but has aquaman always been a killer like has does he go around killing sea creatures like krakens and stuff like that um because there was a lot of dead bodies there and there is a moment in here that says um i'd have to find it but basically says that you know he Aquaman likes to kill these types of creatures. So I don't know what's going on. It says that everyone loved... Ha uh, okay, let's see. Imagine that the Boneyard was your home, that these bodies were all of your family that was left, that everyone you love had been killed by the fucking Aquaman. Uh, granted, the obviously the cuss word's blacked out. But uh, yeah, so Batwoman was trying to talk some sense into the Challengers and how this, um, you know, this kid, uh, Kraken, is just down there with the remains of their family members. So, thought it was kind of cool. Different story. Art was amazing. Storytelling was good. And also, makes me question Aquaman. I don't know what's going on with Aquaman. I don't know what the story's going on there. But uh, I thought it was pretty interesting. So, yeah, that was a pretty cool story. And uh, moving on from The Outsiders, which, by the way, I think I want to keep continuing that series. I think it's cool. If I was buying loose leaf books still, I'd probably pick this up, most likely, because I do enjoy it. Um, but yeah, if you guys are somebody that goes out and buy floppies, I would suggest picking up The Outsiders. Pretty interesting book so far. But moving on to the final book, ladies and gentlemen, and that is Detective 1079. Uh, if you have not been keeping up, there has been a heist that has been going on. Uh, they are trying to save Batman from being hung at the gallows. Um, again, this is a story book that we dropped a long time ago. We just picked it up again because Ram V included Catwoman, and he writes Catwoman very well. And 
The last story in 1078, Batman was hanging. He was hung by his neck, and it looked like he was dead. So, uh, and this book starts off talking about that. It shows Batman hanging. It shows everybody losing, like all of the cat, like Catwoman's crew. Everybody is just in a bad situation, and it looks like they're all gonna die or be defeated. Until Catwoman, and there's been this analogy the whole time about um, placing bets and like calling bluffs and you know dealing a better hand and all that kind of jazz. Like this big poker analogy has been going on. So more a majority of this book, Catwoman's team is getting their ass beat. They're losing. Uh, and they're kind of like, why are we still doing this? You know, Catwoman, you know, she'll come through, yada, yada. And we see that Catwoman is on her knees. Like, she's about to be shot and killed. And everybody's like, did you really think that you could beat us? And she was like, uh, did you think you can beat us, Selena Kyle? And she was like, the name's Eco. I'm not Selena Kyle. And that's when Eco like, throws some smoke bombs and, like, gets out of the area that she was about to die in. And then we get a flashback of the actual plan playing out. And Selena talks about, uh, you remember what I said about the perfect bluff? The perfect bluff doesn't sell the lie. It sells the opponent, it, it, it sells the opponent the promise of their victory. So I thought this was really cool and like a really nice storytelling beat that Selena wanted all of these people to think that they had won, that they beat them in every situation. But in reality, she planned out every bit of this uh, heist. And so she talks about how Azrael was a decoy. You know, it was just a big chaos, um, you know, fight that was going to distract people. We also had, you know, uh, Freeze was also a distraction with Orphan or Batgirl to um, try to go after the reality engine or whatever the hell that is. Again, a story beat I don't know because we dropped this book a long time ago. And just causing all this chaos and having decoys so they don't know where Catwoman really is. Well, we we talked about it a while back, and uh, Catwoman did visit Batman to talk about it. Like, again, there was like one page that was better than anything Teeny Howard had ever read, or wrote, I should say. I don't know. She's probably read some good stuff. But, uh, yeah. She actually injected, ba- or she poisoned Batman with the whatever was on her lips, and then she injected him after uh, whatever this poison was, or I mean, she also might have injected him, I think, too. Basically, she gave him, uh, no, 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 the kiss was the poison, and then when she saves him, she injects him with this other stuff. Because whatever this poison did, it, uh, Ivy was involved it would, like, stiffen Batman's neck or something like that to where, like, his neck wouldn't snap. Like, I don't know, it, 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 comic booky stuff, you know? And um, that's what, what keeps him from actually snapping, like, from dying while doing... And it, it also, like, made him seem like he was dead. Like, it slowed all his heart rate and everything like that. You know, the classic, you're dead but you're not dead ploy in comics. That's kind of what they pulled off here. And so she's actually one of the guards that was walking the body back to the tunnel. She's walking all the people back to the tunnel. And of course, it's Catwoman. She could beat up a bunch of guards in a small space. So she does that. That's when she injects Batman. And apparently this will bring him back to life after a while. Or keep him down a little bit longer while they get him out. And then we know Grundy was a part of the team. 
Grundy, as they said, knows the sewers better than anybody. So he breaks through all of the walls and meets them where they need to be. And they walk Batman to this rendezvous point to where um, Gordon is waiting with a van to get him out. And, uh, of course, Freeze betrays Batgirl. She's able to call for it. Uh, but all the other other people are still fighting. Like, they're still in their ways. Like, we have um, Question fighting, Azrael's fighting, Eco's fighting all these people. And it looks like there's going to be a big fight uh, to continue but Selena's like, you need to get him out of, you need to get him out of Gotham because people are going to be coming for him and um, get him to the docks. Like, I, I can't go with him, but somebody will be there for you. And when you turn the page, it's Talia. So Talia is waiting there to help Batman. And the, the page, the final page also has Two-Face flipping a coin. Two-Face was a bigger player in this book a while back. So I don't know how that is going to... Um, play a part in this book but so far i think it's been pretty pretty interesting uh i love the heist aspect i don't know i think it'll be interesting to read going forward but i do think the the detective comics suffered from all of the gothic like language and just didn't know who the hell these characters were and i don't know the heist that arc has been really good so far i really enjoy it maybe I'll try to go back and read it in the future, but uh, when it's collected in, like, you know, a deluxe edition or something like that. But right now, don't, you know, I don't know. I don't really care back to go to see what the whole story was and what they're trying to do and yada yada, because uh, I don't care. Because I know it involves, like, Barbatos and all this other crap. And uh, I don't know. The supernatural part of Batman is not ever really been my favorite, even DC in general. Um, but you know, it is kind of, if it's any, if anything's well-written, I'll read it, but yeah, that's kind of how it's been. Uh, I think, I think Detective is getting better right now. We'll see where it goes though. Talia is going to be involved. That might be really cool, but Talia was also in the first book and that's, I didn't care either. Maybe I just love when Ram B writes Catwoman because he writes her so well. We'll see. I'll give the next book a shot, but that is it for comics, ladies and gentlemen. Again, there was 13 books we could have covered on this week. Obviously, not going to cover all 13. If you want to finish Danger Street, that is out. Go check that out. If you want to finish Gargoyles or continue Gargoyles, because I believe there's going to be a third book, or if you want to continue City of Madness, those are also books that have come out as well. So a lot of things. And then, of course, if you want to read the DC Beast event that I don't really care for. And then, of course, Teen Titans is also... I mean, the last time we read Teen Titans, I think we weren't a fan of it or I maybe I wasn't a fan of it because it was just kind of like getting kind of silly but I also think it was when Robin revealed his identity so maybe this week's book was good I haven't got to read it but that is going to be it ladies and gentlemen hope you enjoyed this podcast again if you haven't checked out the new channel and you want you guys want some more content that isn't comic book related go check out my new channel uh you can type in juice from the box should be the first channel that pops up if not it is on this page uh now on the Batman News Weekly page for YouTube. So go check that out. You can just click on the icon uh, and check out the page. But that is going to be it. As always, I'm host... I can't even do the outro. I am your host, Juice Wayne. And remember, Batman is awesome. Batman!